0: He's not even upset. That's how he sounds when he normally breathes. I do. Football is the dumbest sport that has ever been invented, played, or existed.
1: So let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey at yeah, Maybe podcast. He's Ryan Duffy. Hi. My name's Pat Duffy, and here we are as the Bills sit at 5-4 and four, after a very frustrating loss to Cincy. You feel, I feel like you're about to explode on something. About
0: to explode on something? Well, you just look like you have a lot of pent-up frustration and anger. A lot of pent-up frustration and anger. Um, no, but I'm, I'm very disappointed. Uh, yeah, very disappointed in what happened. Okay. So the weird part, am I going to explode though? I don't think so. I don't think we're going to explode.
1: So the weird part about this game, (laughs) the pills were never out of it. At any point. Or we're never in the game at any point. No. I was I- going to say, what are you talking Wait, hold on, about? Hold on. Let me try this again. Let me back this up. We'll start. Sure. They were never out of it at any point. But outside of the first 10 minutes,
0: it also never felt like they were in it at any point. Either. You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a complete anomaly in that... It at both times or at all times felt as if they were just a play away, but also an entire 60 minutes away from winning that game or even being competitive in that game. Well, no, but here's the thing. I mean, they were competitive, right? Like the defense kept
1: you in it for really the entire game with the exception of the last two minutes. The offense moves the ball on that first drive and you can make the argument that field position... Buries you in the first half, but then again, that first touchdown drive, they take it out of the end zone. They drove it ninety yards. Yeah. I think that was their worst. The first drive, the one they scored the touchdown on, was their worst field possession of the first half, and that was the only situation where they could move the ball.
0: Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, what the the fourth down stop uh, that the the Bills defense got in the what, middle of the game, second quarter, maybe maybe third quarter, I can't remember. Third quarter, I think. Um, and the uh the turnover that they were able to. Um, to create. I mean, those both gave, both gave you great field position starts, uh, but yeah, no, they can only get it in the end zone, but save for the end of the game uh, on that opening drive. So I know we hear all the time about when things go bad
1: on offense in Buffalo, they couldn't get into rhythm. Like that's like, you hear it from Josh Allen, you hear it yeah. from Sean McDermott, you hear it yeah. from Dorsey, but that's exactly what it felt like Sunday night. Cause everything was herky jerky. Outside of that opening. Uh, herky jerky. We're moving. Uh, something's happening. Oh, we're going this way. And then it's a weird broken play. And... Oh,
0: herky jerky.
1: I'm Got sorry. It. Have you ever heard that expression before? Uh, no, I'm just herky jerky. You've never heard that expression? No. Look, don't get mad at me. It's all herky jerky. You can't deal with your emotions.
0: Uh, new company idea for a uh, cured meat uh, product called herky jerky.
1: What would make it different than beef jerky?
0: Well, it's, it, it, it's all about branding, Pat.
1: So explain to me. <laughs> Come on down and get some herky jerky. Okay. The Bills offense could never get settled in. There's flags all over the place, which further changes what you're trying to do. Can we talk about the stripes for a second? Sure. I am never a man to, as I like to say on this show...
0: Bang on the stripes. You say you say that more than you realize. I've said it
1: twice on this show.
0: You've you've said it way more. Oh, than Oh no, twice. I've said, I brought it up two sh- two episodes. You, when I said bang on the stripes the first time, bang
1: on the stripes, bang on the stripes. What is bang on the stripes? Dude, you say don't bang, I didn't and, even you bang
0: on the stripes. Say, you need to hear yourself sometimes. You say banging on the stripes all the time. That and you say Vegas. All I the time. guarantee. Well, yeah, Vegas referring to sports books. <laughs> it's just funny. That was one
1: of the strangest officiating games. You, officiating games you'll ever see. Sure. Josh catches
0: a flag for pointing? Yeah. Yeah. You serious? Yeah. I mean, it's taunting all day. Oh, my God. It was taunting, and you oh know it. My, I'm wait, fine wait, with wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. You were okay with that flag? I'm, well, hang on. I'm, no. I'm okay with Josh taunting. Oh, no, yeah, fine. Right. But but it, it, to me, it seemed as if he was pointing directly at the defender who went up in the air trying to to block the fake pass, air quote, mm-hmm. and Josh just pointed at him and was like, ha, you stink. He's 10 yards away from him. Uh-huh. Walking into the end zone. Yeah. On a
1: primetime game. Yes. And he pointed at and him. And you threw a flag for pointing. Yeah. Get out of my uh, I, I don't face. think that's a bad flag. By the way, here's the other thing. He wasn't in the end zone yet. Yeah. So that. He had a clear path to the end zone. No, my point is this. They call it for after the play. Yeah. If you want to call it by the letter of the law... How is that not an in-play flag for he a personal was, foul?
0: If I recall, he was maybe three yards out from the, yeah. the end zone. Right. Yes. Points at him at the three-yard line yeah. and then walks into the end zone. And I remember watching the the line judge thinking like, okay, like, is he going to throw it? Is he not? And you could see he almost tried to reach for it before and then gave the touchdown and then came back down and Here's grabbed it. Here's
1: the point I'm making and how nonsensical this call grabbed is. Grab
0: the flag that is. Yes. First of all, you shouldn't throw a
1: flag for a guy pointing, I don't care if it's right in his face, from 10 yards away with no one in front of the end zone. Second of all, if we're going to talk about the rule of law here, Mm -hmm. if a personal foul happens within the play, before the play is over, Mm -hmm. that play should be 15 yards from where the personal foul happened. Fair. They said the touchdown counted, personal foul afterwards. So either it was a personal foul on the play which you called and the touchdown should not have counted, or it wasn't a personal
0: foul at all. Well, okay. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. I'm I'm with you in that sense that like if a if a foul occurs during the play, that should negate the play, you know? Um it's not a it's a it's not a dead ball, you know, foul. I get you there. Um however, I think, it w- I think Josh knew exactly what he was doing. He did not fight that call whatsoever. Well, oh, no, you saw, like, well, what are you going to do? Because he, if he fights it, and this is the other funny part. Go ahead and finish your well, thought. Well, my now. point is that he didn't fight the call because I could see, and I think I saw a lot of people make this this claim, that he was pointing at that defender so that whether it was James Cook, Gabe Davis, whatever the case, could, for Josh to, like, direct the traffic of, like, you need to block that guy. Okay, I don't think that's what he was doing. I, I agree. think he was showing him up. Yeah. But uh, I, I just love
1: this idea that the NFL is making money off a of grief porn all night long. And you can't argue that with the whole DeMar Hamlin thing. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Mm. Here's a picture of DeMar Hamlin. Did you see that John Legend was the one who did the uh, the opening thing? I did see that, yes, yeah. yes. John Legend. All right, so you're making money off a of grief porn all night long. Mm-hmm. You're then making money off the all-the-sudden of cantankerous relationship that the Bills and Bengals have.
0: Cantankerous. Uh,
1: uncomfortable to the
0: point of about to boil over. Okay. Cantankerous. Country of origin. Okay. Shut up. And the NFL, mm-hmm. which is
1: just milking this matchup from every angle for all it's worth, mm-hmm. throws a flag where the quarterback makes the game more interesting. Mm-hmm. Not hurting anybody. Not within
0: 10 yards of anybody. Yeah, it sounds pretty extemporaneous to me. Okay.
1: Look, go. why don't you open up a Bible and learn some words, huh? A Bible? It was a joke, dumbass. <laughs> But but, but my favorite part of that flag, and again, not to be that guy.
0: My Thesaurus is terrible. Also, it's terrible.
1: I love how the ref two. I love how the ref two says this is his first personal foul. Like you're gonna throw out Josh Allen if he gets a second personal foul. You know what? Do it.
0: That that head that head referee, that guy is a goober.
1: If I'm if I'm Josh Allen, I'm going out of my way to point at someone again. I want you. To throw Josh Allen out of a nationally televised
0: game. That's the head ref that I think last season had like a full beard that looked like he bought it at like Spirit Halloween. <laughs> and he's the one who said, he w- who said I'm talking to America here a couple of weeks ago. And then what did he poke T. Higgins in the face? It was like, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry, sorry <laughs> about that. Sorry. Mike Lison, that guy got so picked on in high school and now he's got the power. I can't stand that guy. Going back down the weird flags, you had the Dalton Kincaid getting injured on a leg whip,
1: which there's no call. There's a tackle dude he was going into third yeah thank you you. like that's ridiculous you have Gabe davis getting double flagged on the same play a face mask yanked while the ball is in the air on a touchdown pass potential touchdown grab no call Mm -hmm. uh you i I just that intentional grounding that cost him a shot at a field goal attempt
0: that was garbage what the hell was that about why are you making me agree with chris collinsworth you uh, officiating crew in cincinnati like, that was terrible. Like, come on. Like, you have to understand. Like, like clearly it was a miscommunication. There's no pressure on the quarterback, which is by None. the rule of law anyway. Right. No, and- you're absolutely right. And that That's very frustrating. And you saw, did you see Josh? Did you see Josh on the sideline when he's when, when he found out that it was an intentional grounding? Well, call? it's a good thing he didn't point because he wouldn't have been thrown out of the game. Dude. Holy moly, I've never seen him so No, I Well, can
1: because it was the most ridiculous call you ever Complete heard.
0: Complete garbage, but yeah, no, I mean, that, oh boy. Look, man, I'm that not, moved the needle for me, if I you know am, what I mean. I am never a guy
1: who's going to go down a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that the refs did wrong, because I am a firm believer. Even though you just did that. With the exception <laughs> of right now, I'm a firm believer, when you put yourself in a position based on... You put yourself in a position to pick up calls the right way or the wrong way. But that game on Sunday night, I'm not going to sit here and say the refs cost you the game. And it's not like the Bills played a game where you can say it was just the refs that cost them. But when you have that many issues on that many major moments in a football game, it is something to talk about.
0: I'm not the kind of guy that's going to be using big words for no reason. That would just be superfluous.
1: So all of that being said, going back to the actual performance here. Are you just gonna laugh at
0: yourself, pretty much, because I'm already sick of you. Well, I'm I, I'm mad at the game, so you got to find joy in something. Where's the joy? I'm having a great time. When are you leaving?
1: <sighs> the offense on Sunday doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. So here's the most surprising stat line of that game on uh, Sunday night: Gabe Davis, zero catches,
0: zero. Big old goose egg.
1: Zero catches. Your number two wide receiver had zero. How does that happen?
0: Yeah. I'm looking for an answer. How does that happen? Oh, you're. Oh, you want to know? Um, well, you know, when an offensive coordinator and a uh, quarterback fall in love, they are going to be targeting the receivers that are open. Uh, and in the event that you know you have a skilled playmaker, sometimes you'll throw the ball when it's not going no, to be No, no, he was
1: I mean look, I'm not I don't know how this happens. He was open a whole a couple of times.
0: Yeah, well not on the interception because that was the, that was one target for Gabe I don't know, Davis. That, I don't think the was, end zone I don't one was that was Gabe Davis. Oh I'm I'm I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh don't like this. <laughs> like, This whole podcast is just a whole bunch of stupid jokes and utterances.
1: I'm trying to do a football thing and you're just I talk like this in the microphone. Like, Gabe Davis should have been able to catch a ball by accident. Yeah. Throughout an NFL football game. Just, like, jump in front of a Khalil Shakir route and yell, mine, and then they <laughs> just catch the ball. No. This was supposed to be the year for Gabe. He's yeah. fully healthy. Mm-hmm. He's in a contract year. And El Capitan, baby. Thank you. And week two through five, weeks two through five, it was all coming together, right? Like, he was having touchdown catch after touchdown catch after touchdown catch. Since then, he has had the Bucks game where he sets a career high for receptions, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Is it him? Is it the offense? Is it Josh not trusting him? I mean I wish
0: I knew the answer. Well
1: no, I mean you're watching the game like everyone else is watching the game. What the hell's going on here?
0: I don't know. I like I part of me thinks that it is it all comes down to that rhythm like you mentioned before because I think when Josh is in rhythm and feeling himself that he's gonna find people, you know, one way or the other. You know, obviously there are some play calls that that Gabe Davis is designed to be open, or Davis is designed to be open. Khalil Shakir, et cetera, so forth. Dalton that. Uh, for I him. don't know how many you routes you're you're routing for Khalil Shakir. Well, to get I mean, open. but I guess my point is that like you're you're uh, scheming for particular routes to be open. Whoever's in that uh, that that position. Um, but my point is that it didn't feel to your point earlier. It didn't feel like they were, the bill's offense was in any kind of rhythm. They felt completely herky jerky, if you will. And because of that, I don't think that Gabe was, was consistent enough to be targeted. So I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's upsetting.
1: Well, no, he can't give me an Well, you know, I'm just going to say all the things you said back after I made fun of you for well, the Do you want me to disagree said.
0: with you? Well, no, not know I think Gabe Davis
1: should be rookie of the year. Four years in. Yeah, exactly. Great. The defense right now, oh, my God. They did everything they could on Sunday. Dude, it's it's a travesty. With the short fields and lack of manpower coming in, holding Cincinnati to 24 points was a massive win for that Bills defense. But even in that game, it goes from bad for this defense to worse. Because you walk in without Matt Milano, Trey White, Daquan Jones, right? Mm-hmm. In that game, you lose Terrell Bernard, Micah Hyde at multiple times during that game, mm-hmm. Christian Bedford, Dane Jackson. Yeah. Both of your starting corners are down at the same time. Right. So at the end of the game, you have four opening day starters on the field out of 11. Yeah. Trying to get a stop for your offense to get the ball back and get a chance at this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, your, your corners in that moment are Josh Norman And Russell Douglas, who have been in Orchard Park, a combined 48 hours. And it's
0: also not 2016? Yep. I mean, it's not fair. Go get a stop. Like, How is that fair to those guys? Okay, big clap in there. Let's go, defense. Good job. And they almost got
1: it. They almost (laughs) got like the entire game. Despite all of that, you are right there. Mm -hmm. You were a stop and a frantic drive away from winning that game.
0: Yep. How the hell... Did that happen? I don't know. How? With oh, the, I know. I mean, like the the injuries have, have just. No, but
1: there's no injuries on the offense
0: right now. With oh, oh I'm with of, Oh, no, Dawson I'm now. I'm with you there. No, the point I'm making
1: is your defense puts you in a position. Yeah. All night long to get it done. hmm And they should not have been anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. They should, based on the manpower being that they should not have come close to giving you the opportunity to win that game. Mm-hmm. And you had an opportunity to go, not, not just tie and, you know, go to overtime. You were going to have an opportunity to win that game. And they came up just short with only four opening day starters on that field.
0: Yeah. And, and let's, let's, I guess maybe be a little bit honest too, in that, that Dalton Kincaid fumble, like that's, that's untimely. And they were in the midst of driving down the field at that point, you know, um, It breaks my heart. Did you see? It looked like he was going to cry. I would have cried too. Terrible. So let's talk about that. He's just a boy.
1: So let's talk about that for a second. One of the big knocks on Sean McDermott Mm -hmm. for the last couple of years is he doesn't like putting a bunch of plays in rookies' hands. Mm -hmm. I think at one point, and I'm paraphrasing, at training camp, when asked when a certain rookie wasn't getting reps, he said, you know, we don't want to give him the keys to the castle right away. Mm -hmm. And he's caught flack for that. That's why. Now, I'm not blaming Don Kincaid. He's just a baby boy. He's just a boy. He's just a baby boy. Right? Let the boy play in your game. Rookies will make those mistakes. The but ball got
0: punched out. What are you talking about? Make those mistakes. Don't go airborne like that, man. I'm Okay, fair why enough. Why did you? I mean, fair I mean, enough. No, no, fair time enough.
1: and place. You're, you're going to be within the 10-yard line. Take what you
0: got and go. Yeah. And I, I, admire, I admire the effort. Yep. I, I'm I'm I take back what I said. I, I'm with you there, and I think if if you did have to, if you're, if you're fighting for every yard. You got to secure the ball. I mean, look,
1: there's no way you're getting that touchdown.
0: Right? Oh no, do you there's, think he was going for the touchdown? I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I think he was a golden retriever that got off his leash and just went nuts. To me, it looked like you know he was bracing for a hit to like to be tackled high, and the guy went low and just his forward momentum took him forward a little bit. But like, it looked like he was doing a front, or like a front flip. He did do a
1: front flip, yeah. right? But like here's the thing, I don't I don't blame Kincaid. This is what happens in a rookie season when you're learning how to play in the NFL. That being said, when you as a team rely on rookies to do big things, which have kind of been leaning on Dalton Kincaid to do mm. stuff two like this. They, they have for sure. I mean, it happens. Yeah. This is what happens. I mean, the more times the ball is in the hands of a rookie offensive player, the statistically, the more mistakes you're gonna see. And mm. that was a costly mistake. That was yeah, that was definitely
0: a costly. Big time moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that what, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, I don't think that that was like the reason why the Bills lost the game. It was a contributing factor as to why, uh, you know, they didn't win the game at the end of the day, but that was not, it's not as if the Bills offense was doing fantastic and they just had a bad bounce with the Dalton Kincaid fumble. Okay, let me put it this way. The reason you lost the game is your
1: offense went cold between the first drive and halftime. If you would have yeah. scored 10 points in that point, Right? You're in control of this game. Mm -hmm. The way the defense was playing at that point. Mm -hmm. That being said, the game became out of reach on that fumble.
0: Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean look, yeah.
1: it was admirable at the end, the drive, you know, down, and you knew they were gonna do it. That's the most frustrating part is you're down, you know, fourteen and they've got the ball, and you go they're gonna do this here. They're gonna do it too little, too late. Here we go. The defense will not, with the body bags out there, be able to get a stop. Bad reference considering who we played and what happened last time they were there, but you get what Yikes. I'm saying.
0: Um no, I and I'm glad that you said that because to me that is worse than losing outright by fourteen or twenty-one. Don't give me don't don't have it be so bleak. And, and then give me a glimmer of hope at the end. Oh, hello. Welcome to be a, being a Bills fan. Well, no, I, I don't think that's the case. Like, I, I think on the whole, if you want to talk, take a look at, like, the drought era, there was never any real hope. It was a week-to-week hope of, like, maybe they can win this game. But to me, over at, at least since the Jacksonville game, there is the, the thinking of, like, okay, we're going to show, like, oh, they're just going to get it together. Oh, there we go. There it is. Now there's urgency, blah, blah, blah. And then... They come up short by, in this case, six points and Jacksonville, five points. And then with with Tampa Bay and with New York, they obviously bounced their way, but it was just as close in similar situations. Maybe not so much with Tampa Bay.
1: You know, the question the last couple weeks has been, what do you do to get the offense back to normal? Mm -hmm. But it might be time to start asking if the offense ever goes back to what we've seen the last three years. Maybe. Right. Because something something is very wrong. Mm hmm. And it feels like, to me, it's more than just the offensive coordinator, which people are screaming about the last few days. I mean, they want Dorsey's head on a platter. We'll get into that later here in Let's Go Duffalo. But if there was one play that has been this season so far in a nutshell, it is that, what, third and two, the Bengals' final drive. They get a first down. They can run the clock out. You get a stop. You're going to get a chance to get the ball back. Yeah. And Von Miller has, who was the running back? Was it Mixon?
0: Yeah, Joe Mixon.
1: Dead to nuts Mm -hmm. in the backfield. Soup to dead to nuts. And he couldn't make the tackle.
0: Yeah. um, Like that is... There's $15 million for you right there.
1: Well, I mean, look, in the defense of Von Miller, I mean, he's come back less than a year from major knee surgery at the age of, what, 34 years old. But that is expectations from a team and fan base not being met in the moment that you need them done, which is this season so far
0: defined. I am not in any kind of position to be a Von Miller apologist. I could understand your argument right there. If it is, we needed a sack and Von Miller didn't show up to deliver said sack. Okay. But I'm sorry. That argument does not apply in this situation. Wait, Explain it to me. Why what, what I'm saying is you have hat on hat football against Von Miller and Joe Mixon. Okay. It is the, ex, it is the standard that your defensive end is going to make that tackle. That's what I'm saying. Right. So I so I, as far as, like I that is a Oh, you're 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 upset with Von Miller. I'm very story. upset with Von Miller. Is- I I, underst- I understand that he's coming off of surgery. But he said he said he was ready to play week 1 and needed a little bit of time. Yeah, we knew that wasn't the case. Of course it's not, but at the very least he's saying that he's ready. Okay, what's he going to say? That I I need more time. Okay. I need to recover. Look- like oh, we're taking it slow, whatever the case but you you are it is one on one in that situation behind the line of scrimmage mind you and and he just went for uh, it blew the tackle i'm sorry blew the tackle bottom line so no i'm not going i'm not going to sit here and be like oh you know that's going to happen blah 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 like you you are a uh, a, a premier player that commands an extremely large salary. You need to make okay, that tackle. now you're
1: starting to sound like
0: that guy. I, I guess I now am. To say, I, we, I pay your salary. A I, didn't, I don't pay, I pay his salary. salary. I'm saying. I'm going to the Broncos game. I pay your salary. I am telling you that I agree with your argument that you need to make that tackle. Why do they keep putting him in those positions?
1: I mean, he almost gets a sack against Baker Mayfield to end the game. Yeah. Twice oh, against I mean, yeah. the Bucks, right? Yeah. I mean, in that one specific yeah, yeah, instance, yeah. right? But like, look, man, something ain't there,
0: right? He has yet to record a sack, half a sack, since he's gotten back in Week Four. It feels like to me that, like, and again, like, this is this sounds like I'm really hating on Von Miller. So maybe don't say mean things about Von Miller. I, I but I guess to me, it, over the since he has been activated. Mm-hmm. It feels like the only move he's got is that outside, you know, like yeah, dip the shoulder. It, unless that's what they're trying to do and on that could be. That could be the case, you know, like setting the edge and just be like, you know, he's there. Did he not have a tackle? I don't believe he did. I'm looking through the box score right now. I don't see his name at all. He was completely non-existent and then was existent for the wrong reasons at the end of the game. So like, look, I mean, if the guy's not
1: right and I get it, I understand. Why do you keep trotting him out there?
0: Oh, I mean, obviously, you know the McDermott defense requires and leans on uh, defensive end uh, rotations. Okay. and I just want and I just want to say one last thing. Oh about no, that. please! I, I just realized how bad I sounded. would like No, 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 no! For the same reason why you can't say that like it's Dalton Kincaid's fault that the offense wasn't producing or whatever the case. I'm not like it's not Von Miller's fault that the Bills lost that I, game. I didn't say that. I but I'm saying you that. know I you know you've been saying that this entire time. I have not. Fault so much oh it's not fun anymore i oh, was making voices and doing jokes and being annoying but now i'm annoying so it's not fun i talk like this i'm Ryan. man you i my, pay your salary you, man you are you've been hanging out with jeff donham a lot you got a lot of voices stupid that's what you are stupid you know you say you know s-t-u-p-i-t stupid oh boy
1: you say you don't blame Von Miller for losing that game. You no. say you don't blame Dalton Kincaid for losing that game. But definitely, here's the thing, not, man. he's just a boy. Here's the thing: I am a firm believer that no matter how an NFL game plays out, ninety-five percent of the time it comes down to three or four plays, and that decides who wins. Sure. And those plays decide the game, inches, to- baby. No, but like you gotta a- crawl
0: with your fingernails. What were you just saying about
1: voices? Hua. Okay. <laughs> Between that intentional grounding flag. Between Dalton Kincaid going airborne and losing the ball. Mm -hmm. Between Von Miller not getting that stop. I mean, there's your three plays that could have decided that game. Think about it. Did you say the pick? Uh, No, no, because the pick didn't cost any points. They didn't
0: score on that. Well, and there's an opportunity cost of of not getting seven out of it, but but fair enough. You threw
1: the the pick on the... 40 yard line. I mean, you're still he threw it from the 25, Fair 20, enough. right? Okay. I mean, like look, it's not ideal. I get your point. But the second that the Bills defense got that stop, the pick is now irrelevant. You're getting the ball back. Nothing really happened. You got into the same spot. It didn't cost you field position. But like It let's, didn't hurt it didn't help you, but it also didn't hurt. You exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it hurt you in the sense that you lost 5 minutes of Right. Yeah. clock.
0: But are you pointing at your watch like the clock or like you have something to do right now? The well, I guess maybe column A and column B. Okay.
1: But like you take you talk about the 56 yard field goal attempt that you lose on the intentional grounding which is not a gimme but you got a chance for 3 points there. Yeah. Let's go conservative and say the Bills inside the 10 only managed to kick a field goal minus I mean that's 6 points. Mm-hmm. Right? And then an opportunity to get the ball. Those are your 3-4 plays. And what did they lose by? Right? 5. Oh. Look at that. No, I'm that that's the argument I'm making. Oh, I make arguments. My name is Penn, I make arguments. What do you
0: I just want to get under your skin. Get out of my house. <laughs> Oh, Oh, way to go!
1: (laughs) But here's the thing. See, you know what? Uh, We're not gonna do what we're gonna do. We're not gonna do it. You (laughs) begged me all week long, and we're not gonna do it now because you want to be a dick.
0: What? What do you mean what? What? Ryan never contributes anything to the show. That's a bold face. A bald face. I actually found out it's bald face. I've been
1: saying bald face the whole time.
0: But I've said, I've always
1: said bold face. Okay. That's a bald, bold face lie. Ryan has come up with a single segment in the history of Let's Go Duffle. Did you
0: hear the lone podcast that I did? Because yeah. that was a full 35-minute segment by myself.
1: We have a TikTok that Ryan loves to plug. He loves putting up
0: his little TikTok videos that he does. Oh, like, sure. he's, like he's some Gen Z douche. Nice. Really nice. Way to connect with the people. We do another edition. <gasps>
1: of talking it to the streets. Talking
0: it to and the And we'll streets. get into
1: it Let's Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey Upper Beach Podcast. also talks. Ryan produces a segment where he has to do absolutely
0: zero work, which is right up Ryan's alley. Produce? Wow. Thank you. I appreciate the credit. It's not, that doesn't really mean anything. I, as executive producer of this show. Uh, of, of a two-person show? Hey, 50% chance of being an executive. but C-level, baby! It's Let's
1: go Duffalo the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. Uh, you can get us, like we said, uh, any place you get your podcast. We, uh, the like, subscribe, that really helps us out a ton. We'd appreciate that. Totally. Coming up in just a little while, we gotta get into what every Bills fan has been talking about all week long and something we have an answer to, mm-hmm. the future of Ken Dorsey within this franchise.
0: The future. We're
1: also going to find out what's making Ryan sad. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's voices when somebody else does them. Really? That's okay. what you said. Please. But uh, for those of you new to the podcast, Ryan uh, here notoriously does nothing.
0: Executive producer. Ryan for the Duffy.
1: show. Ryan does nothing for the show. So a couple of weeks ago, I was like, look, you got to come up with something, a segment. Like, and I, when I said come up with a segment, I meant like, Something to talk about. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Ryan's segment, uh, we have a TikTok. Sure. We do. We you t- can find us on TikTok at Let's lets.go.duffalo.
1: So Ryan's brilliant segment that it makes for great radio
0: mm-hmm. is, why well, we go on TikTok and we let people ask us questions? Yeah. My God, what a horrible strategy to connect with the people who graciously and willingly give us their time, mm-hmm. their hour and 20 minutes once a week, mm-hmm. and and maybe source some of their opinions the and understand where they're thinking the and only where their heads are at. God, what a dum dumb I am.
1: The only reason you wanted to do this was for the name of the segment, which is
0: talking it to the street talking it to the street talking it to the street girl, girl, girl. talking it to the streets
1: for those of you who don't speak bad michael mcdonald that's talking it to the
0: street so
1: if you wouldn't have deleted your twitter account we could have been taking it to the tweets which would have been a way better segment Oh man all right so ryan damn it Uh, Would you like to start with your segment that you have produced?
0: Sure. So, talking into the streets is exactly how it sounds. We are taking questions from our friends. I literally just explained it. But I want to do it in a more uh, uh, approachable and friendly manner. Oh, my God. So, you got questions. We got answers. I literally said that. I literally just said that. First question here Uh, A genie appears, and you can add anyone to the team, offense, defense, or special teams. Who are you taking? and why? I hate this segment. Why? Right. What do you mean why? That's a source question you, from the internet. You want you want me to add any active NFL
1: player to the Bills roster. And oh, I mean
0: I guess it says anyone. I mean it could maybe you could say prime, but yeah, let's just say anyone on the t- anyone in the NFL right now adding them to the team. Who are you adding to all the right, team? All right, so let's talk about what the Bills biggest
1: deficiency is right now. It would mm-hmm. probably be corner. I mean, yeah, but I don't know is one corner enough to help fix this defense? I mean, I would also make the argument you can replace Matt Milano but I don't think there's any linebacker that does what Matt Milano does. I completely agree. So offensively things aren't working but then you could
0: put uh, another wide receiver in there. There's no guarantee that that makes the offense go. So mm-hmm. what's the answer here, Ryan? Right. I think the the answer is on the defensive side and it's got to be someone to replace Matt Milano but I'm in the exact same boat as you. Who is going to replace Matt
1: Milano other than Matt Milano? I mean, I'm not, not to say that Matt Milano is the best middle linebacker in the NFL but the, his skill set is so unique and he's good Everything.
0: Dude, you 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 can't, you would never been more correct in your entire life. So if there's anyone that I could add to the Bills' defense, it would be to get Matt Milano uh-huh, okay. back. Okay, like
1: not only do we do a stupid genie question, first off, whoever submitted that question on TikTok, I hate you. Okay, you don't hate them. I do hate them. You don't hate them. But then you do this stupid, like, I would have Matt Milano, but we already have him. Like, give me, what's a legitimate
0: answer? What are you want to do talking to the streets? Don't BS. Who's your guy? That you're I'm adding? not BSing. That's, I, I think Matt Milano's loss, or I I should say the defensive loss of Matt Milano this yeah. season has been the biggest contributing factor. I agree. So I would say we need Matt Milano back. Okay, you can't have Matt Milano. He's not in the game. Who else are you adding? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um,
1: Wait, you didn't think about a potential second answer? No. You've had these questions for how long? Tredavious
0: White. Tredavious, we should get Tredavious White back.
1: After the discussion we just had about Gabe Davis, I Mm -hmm. guess a big-bodied wide receiver to try and blow the top off a defense. I mean, the Bills don't have a corner end zone threat.
0: Yeah. I mean, Gabe Davis is your corner end zone threat. But how often do you
1: see them go to him for like a jump ball? It never happens. When you do, it's not like he comes down with them all that Mm -hmm. much. I mean,
0: I don't know who's the best jump ball receiver in the NFL right now. I mean, Justin Jefferson's just in general a, a fantastic receiver with great hands. I've always loved DK Metcalf, but it feels like he might be moving out of his prime years right now. Yeah. And who's the, uh, and um, George Pickens, I think, has really come on for the Steelers. Hasn't he only had, like, one touchdown in two years? But I'm just, I think, I feel like he's come on very well for (laughs) the Steelers. You get to pick
1: anybody, you pick a guy that's had one touchdown in two years. (laughs) A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, okay. He might be the guy. All right. Just big-bodied, bullied, wide receiver. Because I I like the way Diggs plays because he bullies in a baby body.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Bullies in a baby body.
1: Bullies in a baby body. And then the big bodies don't bully the way that their body should be bullying. Right. It's about size, the dog in the fight. So maybe so forth. So yeah, I think just because replacing linebacker doesn't do you any good with anybody that's out there corner one corner doesn't help you a ton right now. Right. It's AJ Brown. Like go out and score as many points as you can with that big body, baby bully body.
0: (laughs) But also too, I mean like it's, it is a really tough question to answer in general but because there are so many deficiencies specifically on the defensive side, like, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it is about just adding one particular person. And the Bills have leaned on their depth defensively as much as they possibly can. The fact that they're still in some of these games defensively with the the level of depth that they've had, and for that last season, too, for that matter. You know, I feel like they've expended, like, as much as, the, like, everything that they possibly could. No, we've talked about this defensive scheme before.
1: And you can bang on McDermott all you want for a whole bunch of different stuff. But, I mean, credit to him. The scheme works. With paper mache and spit, you held the Bengals to 24 points. Plaster
0: of Paris. Whatever.
1: I mean, like you you did that with the guys you had out there. All right, so my answer is A.J. Brown. What's your answer? Uh,
0: My answer would be um, I'm going to go with George Pickens. I love how
1: that's the one name you could think of and that's what you're going with.
0: Well, I mean, one
1: touchdown in two years. How could you not want that prediction. I don't believe
0: that's a right stat, but either way. Okay. All right. Next question. Talking it to the street talking it to the street. Is is it still worth it to go to Buffalo Bills games oh, yeah, for the of rest course. of the it's season. it's still worth
1: it. It's always worth it to go to Bills games. Well, why?
0: Okay, so I the way I read this question is, if we are at, the Buffalo Bills, that is, are at a, um, call it a lull of the season, you know, the, the right now the Buffalo Bills, as it stands, have a 47% chance of making the playoffs, at least at the uh, end of Sunday Night Football. I don't know if the Jets lost, helped, or... They're going to win the division, but go on. I'm just saying. So, so we're not even talking about... One, two, three seed for, for some type of home playoff advantage. We're talking about making the playoffs okay, at this we're point. We're going to do this. I, I'm, I'm just stating facts here. No, here's the fact. They're going to win the division, which means they will be a, a 2 or a 3 seed. Okay, fantastic. But 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 the way I interpret this question is, if they are on a downward trajectory, is it still worth it to be going to games? To be spending your money to go to a game? To spending the time yeah, of that's course. going okay. to a game? What kind, of, what kind of bandwagon fan question is that? Well, okay, but so cases point Monday night Monday night football is coming up yes this this Monday yeah we wait, what, night, what day is Monday night football uh, hang on do you have your do you have your phone oh wait hold phone? on George Pickett just scored another touchdown second like one in two years <laughs> Um, primetime games are obviously going to be costing a premium and for most people <laughs> not anymore they're yeah, not no kidding. Uh, <laughs> can uh... we stop real sad, real quick
1: if you listen to the Let's Go Duffalo podcast you know that Ryan right a month ago was all braggy oh, I'm going to the Monday Night Football game drop down the money to get good seats to go see the Broncos and from the moment he put his credit card information in the prices
0: for that game have been <laughs> plummeting I, had, I made the mistake of buying at the zenith of the Buffalo Bills' success this season. We talked about this. It's like working the stock market, man. You picked the Which long- I'm also terrible at. <sighs> but you were saying I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, you're talking primetime games, so coming at a premium as far as the ticket's concerned. Uh, primetime game coming at a, at a premium for the time that's considered of either taking off or taking off the next day or whatever the case, transportation, food costs, beer costs, all that jazz. It all gets amplified with... Uh, with primetime games. If you don't think it's worth it, you should be ashamed of yourself.
1: But if you're listening to, if you're dedicating 90 minutes of your life every week to two idiot brothers talking about the Bills, who does? People do that? I don't think anybody listening to this podcast would be like, we're not worth it. Like, you're going to that game. And again, this makes your take from last year defending bandwagon Bills fans look that much worse because there's no reason why. Other than, oh, they're not cool and it's not trendy anymore, I'm out. For p- ticket prices to plummet as much as they have,
0: cool and trendy. I don't think it has anything about being cool oh, and it trendy. Absolutely, has everything absolutely to do. Absolutely not. Cool. No, no chance. No. It has. It has a lot to do with people being like, is it worth it? For it, am I going to support this level of of? They're five and four. They're a game out of the division. But I guess from uh, uh, meeting the expectations that were that mm-hmm. they set for themselves sure. over the last four or five years. Okay. let's say.
1: All right. So. This is disgusting. What is happening here? What is happening? I am disgusted. <laughs> Don't by look what at is me. Happening. Look at TikTok. You're defending your bandwagon Bills fans asking those questions. I'm just asking the questions. And you baby. defended the Bills bandwagon fans a year. Everybody said Welcome in. This is great. You're being a gatekeeper.
0: Yeah, for this. Yeah, for yeah. Everyone is welcome in. Okay, and everyone has their own opinion, and I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying that you're, it's you're not worth it. No, I am. Didn't am didn't I am promoting didn't a didn't mean, discourse here. Promoting. A discourse. I do not think that it's, Oh, I, for, the record, I that it, oh I, for the record, I completely think that it is worth it to go to Bills games. Uh-huh. I will be there on Monday. Uh-huh. I'll see yeah, some yeah, of you there. You're going there because if you try to try to resell your tickets, you're getting seventy five percent of what it was worth. I know what the sunk cost fallacy is. I am not going to give up on this this seat. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's absolutely still worth it to go. I think the fun, the most fun memories I have of bills games have come in the November, December, January months, regardless of how good the team is. So yeah, it's absolutely still worth it to go. Look, it
1: is amazing how quickly we forget what being a bills fan was like before Sean McDermott was head coach. Like yeah. we, the bills are five and four and they're a game out of first place in the AFC East. You're a
0: game out. Of the division. Do yes. you know where they sit in the conference? It's ninth. Nine. Yeah. You know how many games are left? Nine. Nine. Okay. Eight. Eight. So, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. They could still go, what, 13 and four, right? I, I don't think they
1: I, 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 win out. But, I mean, the point I'm making is, bro, I mean, you win 10 games, you're fine. You could win this division at 10 games. You could. Mm -hmm. You could win it at 11. Don't sit here at 5 and 4 halfway through the season and say, I'm going to unload my primetime Bills tickets. Like I said, the fact that they've gotten that inexpensive. And how do you think this wasn't a trendy thing for people to go to Bills games,
0: bandwagon Bills fans? They wanted to go on social media and on the TikTok, as you like to say. What are you saying? So, like, it, it would be one thing if this was like, if Buffalo or Western New York was like a metropolis where it's like, the Lakers are really good, so we're going to go see, the, we're going to be Lakers fans or whatever. The no, case. but that's like, exact- who's migrating to Buffalo no, to point, go to a game? I'm saying Western New York people that weren't Bills
1: fans. Weren't who die-hard who Bills are fans? those
0: people? Those people, are you talking about? Where do you think bandwagon Bills fans come from in Western New York? I'm saying, pe- I have, you're telling me you that me there up. is a. Listen to me. Listen mm-hmm.
1: to me. There are plenty of people who weren't. Bills fan, Bills fans. Like, they had a T-shirt lying around, but they weren't going to games. They weren't watching games, and the Bills get good all of a sudden, and all they want to do is talk about the Bills, and I'm a fan of this, and I'm going to go to games. It has become extremely trendy in Western New York the last five years to go to the games and take your pictures and do, like, the drop through the table thing, and now that the Bills are good, it's no longer, the Bills have not been playing well, it's no longer trendy. Interesting. That's what I'm saying. And that well, Why else would the ticket prices plummet? Those Bills fans that have been there forever were paying premium prices in 2014 when the team was three and five. And we were, well, you know, we win here, you catch a break here, schedule gets a little soft. You're looking at nine and seven. You're getting a wild card spot. <laughs> so
0: you <laughs> Those were saying were in the them. days. So, uh, then, by the way, the answer yeah. is, yeah,
1: absolutely. It's worth going. It's a prime time game in Orchard Park. It's a blast and a half.
0: I agree. Okay. Sure. Um, last question we have here. Talking right it to the right three is uh kind of tough, but it kind of goes back to the original question that we had. But what should Buffalo be targeting in the draft for next season in the draft? Yes.
1: I don't even know how many bodies make it to the end of the season that, right
0: now. That's a really good point. But to me, I think like when I hear when I see this question, I think like and and I don't think yeah. I, I want to know your take on it and I don't want to be hating on what's been a staple of the defense. Oh, over the last here five we years. go. Right, hold on.
1: Hold on. Let's just recap what Ryan hates. Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Von Miller, people getting mad at Dalton Kincaid for fumbling 10 yards outside of the end zone. He's just a boy. Uh, People who are upset that they threw a 15-yard personal foul on Josh for pointing at a guy from 10 yards away. But go on, (laughs) please, please.
0: Um, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer have been uh, staples of the Buffalo Bills defense since 2017. We've talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I mean, they're older and they're long in the tooth, you know. Um, and I think like if you look at the 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 depth that we have at safety right now, Taylor Rapp, I don't think, is the guy. I think Taylor Rapp's the guy, but go on. You think okay, fair enough. Um Damar Hamlin, you know, obviously is is has depth there. I don't it, think Damar Hamlin's the <laughs> I'm I'm not saying either way. You keep saying names
1: and I'm telling my, you if they're the guy. Or
0: my not. point is that I think it may be worth it to focus on safety in the draft, but that would then bring Uh, uh, a a contrast to what McDermott normally does in that he's not going to give a rookie the keys to the kingdom. So I could see, I think the more likely outcome is that they're going to, in free agency, try to target a safety. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, but I think that safety is something that you need to be focusing on.
1: No, I mean, you know, I don't think you take a safety unless it's like a generational safety in the first two rounds. I mean, I think that's a really stupid thing to do. Not to mention there are plenty, look, Christian Benford might be your starting safety next season. That was something that could have happened earlier this year. By the way, thank God they didn't make that move based on the corner depth situation seriously i i mean corner could be an option in all sincerity you got russell douglas for one more season that gives you two years to get somebody ready that but that's probably more of a third fourth round pick and who knows how trey's going to be when when and if he comes back you got to start thinking about okay yeah offensive line yeah right there you got some situation down there uh you got to start thinking about wide receiver gabe davis is in a contract year i don't think unless he's willing to come back at a very team-friendly deal Mm -hmm. and even there Team-friendly all you want. If you're not going to show up in the games that we need you with the exception of Kansas City.
0: Yeah. In the playoffs. Right. I mean, I don't know. That one game. Is, is, the, um, is Gabe Davis in Kansas City in 2020? 2021. 2021. Is that... 2021, 2022, yeah, 2021. We all know the game. Um, is I that ask game, a question. I don't need your answer. Is that game now, with the body of work we've seen since, is that... Matt Barkley against the Jets. No, is that, not is, Matt that Barkley against is that is that Matt Flynn getting his no. uh, his contract with Seattle? No, like you I'm see, just
1: he set an NFL record in the, uh, the AFC divisional round for touchdowns in the playoffs. How dare you compare that to I'm Matt just, Barkley?
0: I, what I'm saying is that like you know uh, w- both of those players, Barkley and Flynn, and uh, uh, Matt Flynn, both had a stellar performance. <sighs> And then that earned no. them credibility for the Bro. remainder of their career. Look, Gabe Davis
1: has had several big games and big moments for the Bills. The playoff game against the Colts, he had unbelievable catches that kept them very in that true game, in the okay?
0: first. Yeah, leading into halftime. Yeah,
1: I mean, you had if he doesn't have his career high catches against the Bucks the other night, the Bills are below five hundred right now. That's yep. a pretty big game there. You have the playoff game. Look, he's shown up before. Mm-hmm. It's just the lack of consistency. Yeah, and. You're waiting for him to hit his stride and be like, all right, I'm going to be that guy now to take pressure off Stephon Diggs. I mean, look, you also have Stephon Diggs getting older. I could see the Bills taking a wide receiver in the first round. Interesting. And it would be the first time they would take a first-round wide receiver. round wide receiver, yeah. With Josh Allen being your quarterback, which is also a little insane. Yeah. I mean, you took Dalton Kincaid last year, and the argument is he's like a swole wide receiver. He's just a boy. But he's not. No. So... I mean, look, with, with what you're trying to accomplish here, I guess wide receiver is the answer right now. Mm. You set it running back. I mean, offensive line's got questions. But, like, outside of Stephon Diggs, who, again, will be another year older next season, mm-hmm. what can you count on? Khalil yeah. Shakir looks like he's rounded into form, but there's no guarantee there.
0: Sure. And if Khalil Shakir is your number two receiver, you got serious problems. Definitely. And what's it going to cost to get Duke Johnson back from the uh, Canadian football league? I would love to have Duke jo- Johnson back from the Canadian there's football league. There's your big body, body, ends the corner of the end zone threat right there.
1: The question is too, like, if we're gonna I can't believe Ryan, I am,
0: I'm taking this down for
1: a sec. i I'm just, I'm <laughs> furious with you that you would even ask me five and four, a game out of the division, nine games in what the draft situation is next year. First of we're all, we're not the Raiders. We're not the Patriots. Course. We're not the
0: Bears. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at the TikTok. You packed the questions. I, yeah, I think it's a good question because we, why? because it's, I'm not saying like, oh, let's pack in the rest of the you season. You only start talking draft when you're ready to pack in the rest of Absolutely the season. Absolutely not. I think you have to be prepared for what's going to what's going to happen yeah. in the future. Remember in week 12 when they started going out of that heater and everyone's like, hmm, I wonder what the bills are going to do with the draft next season. Excuse me for asking the question, you, you psychopath. Pick better questions. God, I hate everybody. Oh, wait, there's one more. How come you suck? Speaking of suck, I know Ryan's
1: not prepared for this. Are you prepared for this? Of course I am. No, you're not. We're going to find out what's making Ryan sad, and I'll tell you what would make one man very sad if he got fired. And that's what Bills <laughs> fans really, really want. Yet we have an answer from the head coach as to what's going to happen with him. And I don't know if he's the issue. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. Let's go to the Odyssey app. get your podcast. Sure. Although a lot of people are going to be upset with me for saying that because they don't think that this move would be an overreaction. Who's overreacting? Despite whether or not it's an overreaction, I'm having trouble controlling the volume of my voice. We know that it won't be happening. So let's go, Duffalo, the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. His name is Ryan Duffy. <sighs> hey. Uh, my name is Pat Duffy. He's dying, and it's going to make me doing the show a lot easier.
0: <sighs> I'll show you how to do it by yourself. You wish.
1: Uh, but before we get to the fate of Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Let's, let's make making Ryan said. Go, Ryan.
0: Wow, you really know how to lead into a segment.
1: Well, I know that you don't have anything. That's such a lot. What do you
0: got? It's a bald face. What do you got? Bald face. What do you got? Harry face. What line. do you got? So we've talked about this in the past. I am a creature of habit, for better or worse. In this case, worse, because I have to do my part in the Bills' success and mm-hmm. Bills' wins. Sure. And I keep it consistent, unlike the Buffalo Bills' offense. With my apparel every week And because We have had these ups and downs And ups and downs I'm running out of clothing to wear And the combinations of clothing That I can wear Because I'm not putting on something That we have lost in I'm running low on underpants I'm running low on jerseys I'm running low on socks My daughter is right here And yeah. she, I'm not running low on her So I am frustrated and sad because I'm going bottom barrel of my jersey collection. You know what I wore for the last two weeks? What's that? Away EJ manual jersey. I, somebody broke into my car and stole my Away
1: EJ manual jersey. This was like two years ago. And I'm furious because I, I'll never find another
0: one of those again. I got mine about two years ago. Yeah,
1: I know it wasn't the same size. <laughs> what
0: size is yours? Uh, XL. Yeah. Okay. Either way. So, Yeah. Uh, what am I supposed to wear this week? And I'm going to the game. I can't wear my Josh Allen color rush. I can't wear my Don Beebe. Can't wear my uh, my Frank Reich. What am I supposed to do here?
1: Why, why don't you stop being busted and just buy another jersey? Busted. Who's stopping busted? Can't answer the question. Just
0: go buy another. Have you bought a jersey yet this season? No. So go buy a jersey. Okay, yeah. Can I borrow $125, please? Actually, as in not give it back? I would have given it to you had you not been a jerk this whole show. Please. You need someone to disagree with you in your life. Mr. King in the castle, King in the castle. Again, not helping you get to... Why, are you just doing crappy me, movie quotes this Give whole me the money, jerk. Shut! You're being up. real herky-jerky with your wallet right now. Okay, great. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you're sad that you don't do laundry. I'm just going to have to log about 175 more hours here at this podcast before I'll be able to afford a jersey. Bill's fans want... And it. I can say that because I know Mike Danger doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's fans want
1: offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey fired and they want him fired now <sighs>
0: seriously so God, he's- look at the comment section the community section on bleacher report and you are going to find the most toxic Ken Dorsey environment ever the saddest sentence you've ever uttered in your life was look at the community posts on bleacher report dude i do it for, for- why why because the amount of spelling errors that show up in these posts and it's and now like the fun thing, because there mu- I've never posted in the community forum on Bleacher Report. There must be some type of character limit because now the thing is people will do like, you know, like the notes apology, like they'll type out a big, long apology and then screenshot yeah, it yeah. and then tweet that out. Sure. That's what these people are doing now because they, they have so much to say that the 175, 200, whatever it is, character limit on the posts, it's not enough for them. They need to now pull out their bl- their notes app and then screenshot it. So, Ken Dorsey <laughs> seems to be the one catching the brunt of
1: the blame for what's going on with this Bills offense. And from the outside, I guess it makes sense, right? Sure. He's the big difference uh, with this offense from when it was rocking and rolling with Ken Dable, or Ken Dable. Ken Dable. Brian Dable two years and ago. And Brian Dorsey. It also doesn't help that... Brian um, Dorsey sounds like an appliance salesman. It, it also doesn't help that Bills fans are convinced that Ken Dorsey is insane. Well, you saw what he did to that iPad. There was that incident in Miami, which we've talked about here on the show, where he tried to knock the press box down with his fists. <laughs> Multiple Bills players are on record last training camp as, like, jokingly saying he's insane, but they weren't joking. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't you want insane... Like, I kind of would want, like, if he was legitimately insane, I would feel it's a benefit more than it is a negative. Well,
0: I think that there's a fine line between insane and dedicated, you know? So let's just compare Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey, just because they're the most recent, you know, kind of comparisons there, as far as I was Blood saying. sugar, no no comparison. <laughs> you were saying. So I remember hearing that Brian Dayball, he says, like, during seasons... He'll gain like forty pounds. He won't sleep. He will like he is. He is fully dedicated, like at the facility all the time, and is focused and dedicated on on how to be the best he can at his job. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from Ken Dorsey. I, I, what was it? I think McDermott may have said like. After one of the the recent wins, maybe even Tampa Bay, that like he went immediately, to, or rather, or maybe New York, went immediately over to the facility and was like, "I'm getting back to work. Like I'm, I got to start working on on like next week's game plan." I'm not trying to call out Ken Dorsey's lack of dedication, but he if you gained forty pounds. <laughs> That's your argument. <laughs> he's not eating enough chicken. <laughs> what is wrong with you? My point is that, like, like Brian Dable. You or, see I, how I, sorry, hang on a second. I should add some context to the forty-pound weight gain. That's that's saying that, like, he's not leaving his office. He's I eating a lot it. of processed. By the way, food. also,
1: quick sidebar. Look, for two big gentlemen,
0: <laughs> we both are the kings of like. Oh, You're not big gentleman territory anymore. Okay, well, you was, can't
1: wear that. I was at three hundred pounds at one point. And, like, you know, when, at that point, it's like, you put on 20, Paul, yeah, you know, uh, my
0: my he's, really, he's a really good offensive coordinator. A lot of, lot of <laughs> sodium. Like, every fat guy
1: looks for any excuse for the reason why he put on 30, 40. Yeah, you know what? I'm working too hard.
0: It's all water weight, man. Uh, that's
1: a problem right now. I, you know, I, I started taking this pill, you know, this uh, supplement, uh, took on a
0: bunch of water. Yeah, you know, they said you just got to get 2,500 steps in a day, and we're good. <laughs> but you were saying I'm, I'm saying you're that you questioning like, the dedication of Ken Dorsey I, I guess yeah that sounds harsh I but, love,
1: but I love how you're doing that with absolutely no insight as to what his dedication actually no, is no 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 you're I, going let me, based on Ken Dave or Ken Dave, damn it stop it
0: Brian Daymo going I gave 40 pounds I owe sleep that's what, like it's his anecdote maybe it's that I'm a large man apologist but no But the reason I mention that is you know the difference between being dedicated and being um, you know a borderline you know anti-social personality um i think brian dable clearly has uh you know a little bit more call it charisma call it um has charisma know. the guy was a
1: monster what are you talking brian about Brian Dable,
0: bro people he, love him look at him on the sideline with his
1: players he's passionate okay okay there's a difference between passionate and being a monster like uh bob knight passed away last week right, right. and i'm not comparing bobby knight to brian dable but would you consider, would you look his, at Bobby Knight his, and say his, passionate?
0: Brian Dable's face is the same color red as Bobby Knight's vest <laughs> that he would always wear.
1: Look, I don't look at Brian Dable and take like Charming and, you know, someone I could talk to. When you're openly ripping your players on the sideline for every camera in the world to see,
0: uh, I Daniel Jones don't look like he and Brian Dable get along all that well. I I, don't, I I agree with you there, but I don't see it the same way there okay. because I think like and don't get me wrong, success and wins heals all. Maybe the the camaraderie and the relationships that he has with players on the Buffalo Bills still or people that he's coached. Uh, have a different relationship because things were going well with him there. Uh, I saw that handshake between him and McDermott. Well, sure, but that obviously is contentious, but I'm talking about. The... McDermott's probably mad he put on 40 pounds. Who ain't <laughs> know my. Tw- I had a plate of chicken here, guy. Where's my chicken? Sean McDermott seems like the kind of guy that would save a Twix from like last Halloween and like keep it in his desk as like a, you know, end of season celebratory. I did it. So you remember the story from last year with the donut, right? No. Okay, so this is. This came out of McDermott's
1: mouth. I believe it was after the. The donut came out of his mouth the Lions game uh-huh. where they had the two games on the road it was all this insanity they managed to squeak out two wins that they probably shouldn't have had McDermott when he got back from the airport to celebrate or maybe it was when they clinched a playoff spot he went to a donut shop and bought one donut one donut and he got home and he put the donut on the counter he turned around to do something else and his dog ate the donut one donut his dog <laughs> ate the donut he didn't get the donut wait a minute He didn't get the donut. He didn't go out like like. He didn't go get another donut. I'm not
0: driving all the way back out to Paula's. I bought one donut and the dog ate it. So now my one donut for the year I don't get to eat. Oh my god! You want to talk about psycho energy? That guy. That's got to be psycho energy.
1: Like you know, in that way, it seems like uh, Dorsey and McDermott are more similar than Brian Dable and McDermott. Yeah, maybe. Because like, if you want to have a a dinner, like to talk about things with Brian Dable, you need to block out five hours. (laughs) Do you want Ken Dorsey gone?
0: I don't know, man. Let go,
1: come on! Don't be a fence sitting jerk.
0: Well, I, then, then no. The answer is no okay. because I don't think that that cha- well,
1: Who's going to be your replacement, Joe Brady? Right? Okay, wait. Hold on. Let's not let's not
0: get ahead of ourselves. Okay, center. so but to answer your question, no, because I don't think getting rid. Writ- you're right over there. No, because now I'm second guessing myself. He's joking up, Brian tables, chicken, <laughs> real extra crispy. Um, yeah, no, I well, I was gonna say that like getting rid of a coach in the middle of the season spells disaster more often than not. Okay, but at the same time, you know, and I don't, I truly don't mean to be sitting on the fence here because I do think they should keep him. But at the end of the day, it's better to to, it's to better to make, have
1: coached and lost that have never never coached to have all. coached at all.
0: Right. Um, yeah, no, it's better to take care of the a perceived problem as soon as
1: possible. Okay, so when asked point blank this week if there was any consideration replacing Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott said, and I quote, no. Okay, He said he that's believed it. in the offensive coaching staff. He said he believed they could write the ship. He wanted to give them
0: the opportunity to do so. Do you respect McDermott for that? Yeah, I do. I think he's being very direct. I don't think you can get more direct than a yes or no answer. Uh especially coming from a guy who's been historically um uh, verbose when it comes to yell at me for uh, a reason use the word verbose. I don't know. I'm please get a word of the day calendar. Um who's who's been direct in his criticisms in the past, let's you know, say. It's funny, Bills
1: fans did not want to hear that. But in what McDermott's doing, you know, talking about his guy, he's a guy that you would absolutely want to work for. Sean totally. You want 100%. Him, right? I mean, like, he's loyal. He was loyal to Frazier when he was going through all his stuff. Right? He yep. didn't fire him despite having to take the reins for defensive play calling the first year they, they they were together. Yeah. And even with Leslie Frazier leaving, whether or not he left on his own volition, whatever you want to believe, mm-hmm. if he fired him, he gave him the opportunity to save face and say he was resigning. That sounds nice. There is something very important. Well, two things. that get lost in the Bills' fan base wanting dorsey fired right now mm-hmm. one something you just brought up oh i'm sorry first off if you blow out the coordinator mid-season not anything you said you dumb dumb We'll get to your thing if you blow out the coordinator mid-season but you as the head coach are keeping your job mm-hmm. that's going to keep high profile coaches from wanting to come and work with you
0: that's a good point yeah
1: why would a because co- like let's say they find a replacement in season right now unless all of a sudden the switch gets flipped you're going to look for another coordinator, so you'll have Josh having three coordinators within a 12-month period. Mm-hmm. Why would a coordinator with multiple options, which is the guy you want, like you don't want whoever's left over. We did that for years in Buffalo, where it's just like, oh, I was using my roommate in college. He's been the, uh, you know, play uh, passing game specialist at Appalachian State for 32 years, but, you know, he's got a lot of good ideas too, Mike. <laughs> Why would the guy with multiple options come to a place where the coach will throw you under the bus before the midway point of the season? And McDermott knows that. Mm-hmm. He knows he could, he might even be sure he's in the market for a new offensive coordinator next year. And not only will that coordinator get to work with Josh Allen, you'll have a boss that will look at you and go, you get the time to get this right.
0: As opposed to being thrown right into the midst of, you know, playoff crunch, you know? Oh, uh, well, yeah, that too. But I'm saying
1: like, you know, you're not going to replace someone, use someone from outside the building here to replace him. So. If my goal is to get the best possible offensive coordinator starting next season, firing Dorsey in the middle of this season keeps that from happening. Mm. And you can bang on McDermott for a couple of things, but he has always had a measured response to major issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. He's the worst challenge coach in the history of the NFL. <laughs> you can make arguments about his coaching in big moments. That, I
0: don't blame him for challenging Why? that call. Why? You're talking about uh, the, uh, the Sunday night game, right? Yes. I'm talking about every challenge he's ever had, but well, yes, we'll too. talk about that. Dude, that that did not hit the ground. It hit him right in his fingers, okay. and it popped right back up. That's a catch all Day it was long. ruled not a catch. They weren't going to overturn it. And even if you get it, you, what nine yard gain? Who cares? I love how Sherfield immediately caught the next pass for the same amount of gain. And and honestly, I mean, well, if if the defense got to stop, they definitely could have used that timeout. But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you saying? You know, I looked at challenge. I looked at all the things that ruined it. But I think s- it was a good challenge. But the second problem with firing Dorsey is what you just touched on. Who calls who, me? Who calls the offense when he's gone? Right, so McDermott. You- <laughs> And he's the punter. Sam Martin's out of here. You brought up Joe Brady. Yeah. For those who don't know, he is the Bills quarterback coach. And the least known of the bunch. I think he was a college passing game coordinator with LSU. Okay. He called plays for a little while when he was with the Carolina Panthers, Mm -hmm. but that did not go well. Nope. Matt Rule. Let's
0: keep in mind. He was OC under Matt Rule. Okay. Okay. Do you trust Joe Brady over Ken Dorsey? Well, I mean, I trusted Ken Dorsey based off of Josh Allen's recommendation whilst under Brian Dable. But that's the point I'm making is, yeah. like, Josh Allen had a relationship with Ken
1: Dorsey and things aren't going well right now. Yeah. Does but, jo- but you know, Does Josh Allen have a relationship with Joe Brady? Does Joe Brady have the ability to put together... Because you're still going <laughs> to have to use the basic offensive system that Ken Dorsey installed. You're not going to put a whole new offense in in Week 10.
0: Well, if we're, if we're to... To use the uh, the charisma levels that Josh uh, gives out on the sidelines when sitting next to Joe Brady after things don't go well on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to say they don't have the greatest relationship at all, or at the very least, he's got the best poker face in the world. Um, yeah, no, I don't know, man. I, it, I would be fearful of it being the exact same thing again, you know, which honestly makes me question, is it a Dorsey problem? Okay, so let's talk about that.
1: It could be McDermott with his thumbs in the game plan. We've talked about this. Could be. When McDermott was asked after the game why the Bills didn't go up tempo, which was successful against the Bucks, he said something along the lines of we wanted to give the defense of the Bengals different looks. Hmm. He didn't say, you know, the game plan was, he said we, which means that sounds like to me he went and said, "Look, this is what I want to try and do." To, like, you know, you all thought he
0: overthunk the situation. Overthunk it. I'm, I'm with you. I think that like the don't get me wrong. I don't know what it takes to be an offensive coordinator at any level. Well, look, sport. if it's eating 40 pounds of chicken, I think you got it. Well, me and Brian Dable have so much in common. I don't know what it takes as far as, like, the, the 4D chess is concerned. You know, like, set running a play in the first quarter so that you can benefit from that look in the fourth quarter. Well, bro, you're talking about running a play in week three you can benefit from from week 17. That's my point. So, like, I don't understand the level of preparation and, and uh, baiting, if you will, that goes into that. But to me, it feels like that, if that is the case, which I have to assume it is, that is hindering the Bills to some degree right now. Oh, I, 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 and, I and I think that it needs to be more of a drive by drive execution. Get the points, get out of there. I feel like that's what Brian Dable's. Oh, oh okay, good idea. Maybe every offensive coordinator should get the points and get out of it. But there. think about it, though. Like, if you look at Brian Dable's offense, like, I don't think there's been much, or at least maybe I didn't notice, and so maybe it's good to go back and kind of do some research on it. But, like, it didn't appear to me that it was try. like, there was any kind of like. Uh, drawing up of like here we're gonna give this look so that when some teams are looking at he did it, did that all tape, the
1: time. No, I mean there were different variations. Okay, I'm not gonna argue with you about specific scheme between Dable and Ken Dorsey. Sure. I mean,
0: we both don't know what we're talking about.
1: The other thing is, I mean, Brian Dable had a completely healthy Josh Allen the entire time he was there, whereas last year you had the UCL injury with Josh, which really affected how he played ball in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. It's possible that Josh's shoulder is more hurt than they're letting on. It right has now. To Dude, he doesn't even get helped up with his
0: throwing arm yeah. like it's as if he is. It didn't practice once this week. It is as if they are making sure that nothing touches that shoulder. And God knows what he's got underneath his pads.
1: You also know we also notice if you watch the game, Josh is not making those split decisions he was famous for, right? Like mm-hmm. he's making decisions. It almost seems like he knows where the ball is going before the snap. And the uh, example I can give you, there was that pass to Shurfield, downfield. I think it was coming right out of halftime where they tried to stretch the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was the drive out of halftime. Yeah,
1: yeah, Gabe Davis was wide open off the snap across the middle for 20 yards Mm. and didn't even look at him. He was looking at Shurfield the whole way, and there's a couple of instances the last couple of weeks where he's doing that. That tells me I don't have... My full toolbox to
0: just grip and rip this ball yeah. right out of the gate. I got to be prepared and let this thing loose. Look, Which and- is, but that's interesting too. Like if you want to say it's an, a shoulder issue, or a, I guess maybe just going to that. Like both, like deep ball or some of the deep balls that we've seen of, excuse me, of late. He's overthrown. No, the that target. makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. he's
1: putting everything he's got
0: into it. There's oh, no. That, there's no okay, touch. Yeah. There's no. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what
1: I mean. I mean. It could also be just personnel. And that wouldn't be Ken Dorsey's fault either. I mean, sure. the, the Bills signed three wide receivers in the offseason that were supposed to transform this offense. Mm-hmm. You never
0: hear their names. Right. I mean, what, how many catches does Shurfield have? Well, at least one last week. And the only time you see Deontay Hardy is when he's returning kicks. Exactly. So,
1: I mean, maybe that goes back to your question, you know, with a 5 and 4 team, a game out of first. What do
0: we do with the draft after week
1: nine? Yeah, a sure. a second ago. Every game is borderline must win from this point on. This yeah. one against Denver is absolutely... You've got to have this one, especially...
0: You can't be 2-5 in the conference.
1: I forget 2-5 in the conference. Just the and, gauntlet and of games that yeah. are coming. And you, yeah, you're going to be at 500? Nah. We get into this game. Monday Night Football.
0: Don't do music.
1: Ba-da-ba.
0: Over all the music. Radio 101. Oh, you learned that in Radio 101. We'll get into it next. Let's go down below the Odyssey Yeah.
1: to expect going to this game up is down
0: left is right
1: ryan dogs is, and cats living together Ryan is taking a second mortgage to afford tickets a month ago
0: that are now worth 40 pounds chicken that's okay though because i got a 75 percent interest rate and i can pay it back every hour it's let's go duffalo the odyssey i previewed your podcast
1: the bills are five and four it feels hopeless yet they're a game out of first place right now it's the weirdest situation to be in and the team that you're chasing has not beaten a team over 500 since week three of last year.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: the Bills game, which went completely sideways. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. I mean, Miami's in first place. They have that performance against the Chiefs yep. in Germany. It's still hard to know what the Chiefs are. I'll be honest with you. Even after that Bengals game, it's hard to know if the Bengals are good.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Bills did not play well,
1: and the Bills had every opportunity to be in. The- they were in that game the whole time.
0: I mean, they've won four in a row, but yeah. Okay, but I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. I love how the Bengals were were at the bottom of their division. The AFC North is They still stacked. are at the bottom of the division. Yeah, all, all
1: four of them are in the playoffs right now. But again, it's week 10. We're going into week 10. Of course, 10. of course, of course. We're not even course. at Thanksgiving yet. Really?
0: Look, man. What f- are you doing for Thanksgiving?
1: The fact that, why, what are you doing? I don't know. We'll see. Well, whatever you're doing, not that.
0: Oh, okay. Sounds good.
1: The fact is, the NFL season doesn't start until Thanksgiving. Everybody at 500 at Thanksgiving has a shot to make a run. Hmm. I firmly believe this.
0: Okay. That being said. Like the Raiders,
1: they won't be at 500.
0: Oh, I see your point. Damn it.
1: This is the third straight primetime game for the Bills, Monday Night Football. Three in a row. Three in a row. The Bills are seven and a half point favorites at home in primetime. Yep. A full TD and a half a point. Does that sound right to you?
0: It feels, yeah. Yeah.
1: Really? After the last couple of weeks, they haven't covered since Miami the broncos are not good so neither was the buccaneers neither were the giants neither were the patriots
0: i mean this is this is exactly why handicapping games is so tough you know because like yes i think that's right because it's only a touchdown and a point only yes that's my point it's only a touchdown and on paper as far as roster is concerned the bills are leaps and bounds better than the the denver broncos okay so okay. yes, it feels right, but it. But to your point, it's been scary because even against the the uh, the Giants. Sorry, um, yeah, no, like absolutely, like, they were fourteen point favorites, and the Giants were banged up like crazy. You had backups all over the place, including a backup
1: quarterback, and it came down to the last play.
0: Lawrence Pugh, right off the street. Yeah,
1: exactly, there was a guy off his couch. Right off the couch. Mm-hmm. We also, at this moment, have no idea who's hurt enough. To be up in the air for Sunday. Yeah. Because the amount of people on the defensive side of the ball, Terrell Bernard, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, Micah Hyde, went in and out throughout the rest of the game. Um, so who's even going to be playing on Sunday? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Monday. Excuse me. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. So the Broncos offense is not good. Mm-mm. Is their defense good? It, it, statistically, the defense is good.
0: They... Held the Chiefs to what seventeen points? Well, over the last couple weeks, yes. I mean, they also did allow seventy points to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, but again, what does that
1: even mean? Like we just said, the Dolphins haven't beaten a team over five hundred. Like, uh,
0: so, but I guess to your point, like maybe it is like that is the outlier that's hurting all of their other defensive staff stats um, that could be well, no, you know uh, skewing the numbers. No, they were
1: terrible up and before that game. I mean, maybe they figured something out. Maybe it took Sean Payton, who, by the way, I despise. I despise. He's Sean awful. Payton. He's the worst. Like that guy was banned from the league yeah. for a season for trying to intentionally
0: hurt other players. Well, and hang he got a, a Kevin James movie out of it. Hang on a second. Um the the whole um what what was it called? I'm sorry. Injured, Bounty Gate. Bounty Gate, thank you. Um that was Greg Williams uh running the show in that as the defensive coordinator. Don't get me wrong, as the head coach, He's you are coach. responsible of every I'm totally okay.
1: with you. Look me in the face. You're going to tell me in the NFL a head coach was unaware that his defensive coordinator responsible for half of the players on the roster was running a bounty program in his
0: locker room. Absolutely not. I am saying that, but my point is that to me, I think more of the blame falls onto Greg Williams. That said, I don't like Sean Payton very specifically because of the level of arrogance that he came into the Denver job with and the amount he trashed Nathaniel Hackett, former OC for the Buffalo Bills, Nathaniel Hackett. Say what you will about Hackett's job in Denver last year, or he was there for two years, no, right? No, he was there no, for no, five one. games. That's right, that's right. Um, oh, say what like you will games. about that, but he didn't last a whole season. No, But for you to go, like, you're breaking a code of, of like, uh, just anybody in a job to like go, that's especially in the media to go out and trash them like that. Like you have every piece of bad karma coming your way. It is a
1: weird group of personalities. Cause you got Peyton who comes in just arrogant to a roster that doesn't have the talent to be arrogant. Yeah. You have Russell Wilson, who despite the fact that his career has been a disaster since he stepped foot in Denver still has this like aura of like, I got this guys. Like, I don't that's know. If he, I don't know if he really believes it. Like he's delusional or if, This is like some kind of facade that he thinks anyone else in the world believes.
0: Honestly, if you look at Russell Wilson's numbers, like they're not markedly bad over like other players, but just the team in general is terrible. And are you going to get to Vance Joseph or not? What do you go ahead? Vance Joseph is the former head coach of the Denver Broncos. Defensive coordinator. It's now the defensive coordinator. Coach Vance Joseph, you see him on the sideline. Having the time of his life. Well, that happened with Dave Campo in Dallas, too. Uh, well, yes. But I'm just saying, like, the idea that, like, and I understand it's a different ownership regime from when Vance Joseph was the head coach to right now. They did; they weren't uh, part of the Walmart family. But why? Like, to me, it just seems crazy to take a... Walton family. What did I say? Walmart. Well, but yeah, but you know, that's, that's, no, that's his, the joke.
1: His name's not... You
0: know, Sam Walmart. Sam Walmart. <laughs> wow, you know what you should open? What? Gosh um yeah no to me it just seems crazy that you would take a job at a place where you used to run the show in a smaller role hey man you do a job where there's 32 of them in the world fair enough you you gotta eat who am i who am i to tell anyone not to take a job but i'm just saying it just seems very odd so here's what sucks about this game on monday night against broncos it is a game strictly
1: for the win-loss column you don't prove or lose anything in the court of public opinion Come Monday night. Because if the Bills go out and smoke the Broncos, Mm -hmm. the Broncos are a bad team. It doesn't mean anything. Right. If the Bills go out and win a close game, well, you know, that's what the Bills are. That's what they've been the last couple of weeks. That's what they are. If you go lose to the Broncos, well, the Bills can't win high-pressure games anymore. In prime time, you needed this win to keep from going at 500. So no matter what happens... Mm This game doesn't mean anything outside of either a notch in the win column or a notch in the loss column. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, I I understand your if point. You the, if you beat the Bengals, there's the narrative of, okay, the Bills have climbed them their way back into contenders in the AFC. You've silenced all of the critics that say you'll yeah. never beat Joe Burrow. all of these things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you went out and you had taken the Patriots, okay, you're back in control in the AFC East. You have a stranglehold on it. And if you could hold on to it for you, you know you still have to be dethroned. Yeah. You win this game to the against the Broncos on Monday. Nobody's going to celebrate it. You mm. lose this game to the Broncos. Nobody's going to be like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me."
0: Are you serious? I don't think that happens. i think- I completely disagree with you. I think this is a a, a, a like what's that like? No win. Can, yeah, you can't. Yeah, no win situation. Thank you. Like if you like, obviously in the wins and loss columns, yes, of course, and you need that win right now to one not be at five hundred and two have a, a try to improve your conference record. But, yeah, if the Bills go out and lose at home in primetime to the Denver Broncos... I'm telling you, I think
1: there's been so much outrage already the last couple of weeks that the outrage doesn't get any louder. I think it's just it just stays what
0: it is. Oh, I completely disagree. You're only saying that because you want to not feel stupid for spending all this money on tickets to this game. Why would that? I completely disagree in that if you go out and lose to a bad team at home... Say what you will about the Giants. Okay. I mean, any given Sunday, that's fine. Um, in that case, Monday night. But... Yeah, I'm sorry. You you, you still got the win at the end of the day. Everyone's forgotten about that game. Losing to the to the Bengals, I agree, hurts, but it's like okay, everyone kind of saw it coming to some degree. If you go out on Monday night and lose to the Broncos, which I don't think they're going to, but if you do, you have not begun to hear the wrath. Of Bills Mafia. Okay. Uh, By the way,
1: breaking news as we tape this and you listen to it later. Mm -hmm. uh, The Bills have made two signings as we speak. Ooh. Tight end Trey McKitty and safety Trey Norwood have signed to the practice squad. What does that mean
0: for Dalton Kincaid and Micah Hyde? Well, I mean, as far as Dalton Kincaid's concerned, I mean, he turned his ankle during that game on that slide tackle. He gutted it out. Who knows what it looks like. Oh, it just, uh, to me, it looked like a bone brew, like a shin to shin kind of thing. Um, but either way, my point is that, like, obviously, Quentin Morris was uh, inactive for the game. Yeah, on, we have one time. On right. So, I mean, you're just you're just signing depth and David Ed, or Edwards. But um, and as far as the safety is concerned, like, yeah, bring all the secondary help you can get. Yeah,
1: because nothing says this is going to go well like signing safeties off the street. Who
0: you, uh, uh, what else are you going
1: to do? I don't know. You don't, they, the safety depth. You is, can't trade anymore. The safety depth is one of their key. You got Cam Lewis. You got Tamar Hamlin. You got uh, Taylor Rapp. Mm.
0: So what are you signing safeties for? Well, you got to move Jordan Poyer up to play uh, middle linebacker in that that defensive look that they've been running. All right, real quick, because we're going long here. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, seven and a half point favorites at time against Broncos. You were stupid enough to pay a premium
0: for tickets for this month stupidest thing i've ever done i can't wait it's going to be a blast we're going to some friends but dang do the bills win do they cover the seven and a half they're gonna win they're gonna cover the seven and a half (laughs) they haven't covered since miami they're gonna cover the seven and a half and if there's if they don't i quit quit so if this podcast okay i'm putting in my two weeks so i'll be i'll do two more shows hold on we just got more breaking news yeah uh
1: ratings have skyrocketed wow that's nice you're welcome
0: don't say I don't contribute to the show.
1: All right. The final of three straight primetime games for the Pills Monday night. And then we go into that dreaded 425 of the afternoon slot for the next Yay. however many weeks.
0: <sighs> need this one. Need it bad. Got to give it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to
1: me. Give it to me. His name's Ryan Duffy. My name Pat Duffy. Like, subscribe, stars, high fives, whatever it is. Bye. You, you can follow us on TikTok. At Let's lets.go.duffalo. But before we go, one more time. Go Bills!